Welcome to the Metabolic MD. Health means everything. We all seek optimal health, but most of us do not know how to achieve it. Dr. Paul Kaladze has spent a career in the emergency department. Now, he helps his patients avoid ever ending up there. During these podcasts, you'll learn how you can lose weight and prevent and reverse disease through new technology, a modified diet, and the use of some new recently approved FDA medications. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical provider. Let's listen in. Hello there, folks. This is Terry O'Brien. I'm here with another episode of the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolosik. Dr. Paul, say hello. Hello. All right. We are doing this via Zoom again. And I understand we have a guest with us. Is that correct? Uh, we do. I'm going to introduce Jason. Jason is a nurse in the emergency department that I work in, and uh, I think he has quite a remarkable story. Um, he decided to go low-carb keto, I think, um, a year or so ago. He'll give us the specifics, and over the course of that period of time, he's lost somewhere in the range of 110 pounds. 110 um, pounds. Holy cow, Jason. That's that's a that's a lot of weight. Um, so so I asked him to come on and really just kind of uh, tell his story, um, and we'll highlight you know some of the approaches uh, that can be successful when you're going low carb and keto, some other things like intermittent fasting, which he has done. Um, but I want to give people you know an understanding that that even if you have a lot of weight to lose, you can be successful. Um, and I thought Jason could highlight that for us. All right, great. So what is Jason's story? Jason, what's your story? Uh, like Doc said, I'm a ER nurse there at the VA with him. Um, about a year ago last year, I think it was January 19th, I went to the doctor and he, he told me he's flat out. He's been warning me for the last couple of years. And sure enough, my A1C shot up. I am, I've crossed the threshold. I'm full-blown diabetic now. Okay. Uh, 345 pounds. And for the last probably two years, I've been fluctuating between 340, 360. Just not a good, didn't feel good, didn't look good. Um, wasn't listening to the doc, wasn't eating right, wasn't exercising at all. So and, what was your uh, diet like before back a year ago or two, a year and a half ago? Uh, not necessarily bad. Even my wife will admit that I, she ate worse than I did. I wasn't eating bad things. I was just eating a lot of them many times a day. Uh, I would just probably eat three, 4,000 calories in one sitting for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. It's not good. Wow. Was that due to the stress from the job? What was what was causing you to eat that much? Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with the stress of the job. It certainly probably didn't help. Okay. But just over the last few years, I got out of the Army back in 2014, said I'm never going to run again. Now I have to. <laughs> but just prolonged like eating this much and then after a a while it wasn't enough so then you eat more and then that became to the point where that wasn't enough and you're eating more and boredom not a lot to do during the covid lockdowns and i had two little kids here with me so can't, you're not going anywhere you're not doing anything not really socializing with anybody there's not much to do so food 
So, so Jason, I got to, I got to say, I thought when you uh, were going to say you had some stress, I thought you might say, well, if you had to work with Dr. Kolodzik, wouldn't you have some stress too? So (laughs) that's my line. Yeah. At any rate. So, so then, why did you choose the rather than just counting calories, uh, energy in, energy out? Why, why did you choose kind of the low carb keto route? If I'm being honest, that actually would not have been my first choice of diet. However, looking at it, it was the best choice for me with all of my circumstances. My A1C had gone up, so doing the low carb would not only help me lose weight. But my initial goal, my primary goal, was to get my sugars under control. So along with that as a secondary was my was, was the weight loss as well. But like I said, initially my first and foremost thought, you know, I, was my, my glucose. Uh, I come from a family. Everyone's diabetic. Everyone's overweight. Um, and it had just gotten to the point where I, I was disgusted with myself. Um in January Were you on medication of any kind of any kind of diabetic medication? Uh, I've been on metformin for probably six years because uh, okay. I've been diabetic the entire time of that duration. Wasn't really helping, um, but I also wasn't doing anything on my own to to help that. I, like I said, I was just eating bad. So I may not have been eating like super high carbohydrate foods, but I was eating a lot of them, and that's going to be the same thing. All right, so January of last year, you walk into the doctor's office, he gives you the bad news. What do you do? Well, about two days before that, like I said, my, my mother-in-law had sent me the photo of us this time last year, and I, I just looked at my wife, Dr. Klozik. I, I showed you the pictures too, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at her, I was like, how can you not tell me I was that big? I, I mean, I was I was enormous. And she just, not being rude or trying to be mean, she just bluntly just told me, she was like, honey, I, I thought you knew. And I, it was, it was just self-disgust at that point. So I, I made the decision, you know, like I said, I have um, two small children here at home. The new diagnosis, diabetes, I have multiple sclerosis, so my physical capabilities at the time were, like, if I'd walk a mile, my entire, from the waist down, would go numb, and I would start tripping and falling everywhere, so I was kind of limited on what I could do, and just over probably the first six or seven months of doing the uh, keto, I wasn't even exercising, I was just calorie watching carbohydrate watching i wasn't allowing more than 25 grams of net carbs a day um didn't do any kind of cheat days or anything for the first six or seven months um just kind of really buckled down like that was the final straw i I want to be here for my kids i want to be able to run and do stuff with my kids so what what does a keto day look like right what is what is a day uh, under the keto diet look like for you uh, when I first started, I wasn't doing breakfast. Uh, that way I could get a bigger meal for lunch, bigger meal for dinner. Um, and over the last year, I, I've progressed into doing smaller frequent meals. So for like breakfast today, I did three strips of turkey bacon, um, two pieces of uh, a keto toast with a diabetic jam, and then uh, a protein shake. Or I'll do uh, like a 
plain yogurt with a uh, peanut butter powder or something, some kind of protein okay. source. But about 400 gram, uh, calories or less and anywhere from 8 to 10 grams of net carbs. Did that fill you up or did you feel full after that? Or um, One of the things I've learned over this year is instead of eating a large meal at any of the meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, doing smaller portions and spreading them out. So I did uh, the bacon and the toast. And then about an hour later, I had my, I did a protein shake this morning with that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm good now. Wow. Okay, I haven't eaten. Great. Would you say, Jason, did the, I mean, early on, uh, two questions early on, did you have a lot of hunger or did you feel that that higher, uh, higher protein, higher fat approach, uh, helped manage your hunger? Um, I'll go ahead with that one. Uh, so I, I actually started with an app. Um, I'm not claiming that I'm doing this all on my own. Like I, I, I'm not doing any medications other than metformin, but I did have an app to help guide me uh, as far as like the meal planning and prepping goes. I got to be honest, keto uh, is a little high in fat for me. So my stomach after the first probably month of doing their meals, I can't tolerate that level of fat. So I am substituting more protein. Um, at first, I'd say probably the first month, month and a half, I struggled with the hunger, but I've been following some people on TikTok and, and just asking around and looking at different things that I can use to help fill that low calorie, low carb, but high volume food. So pickles have been a, a big staple for me. Um, pork rinds, anything that's going to be kind of like higher volume but not necessarily higher carb or calorie and then you snack throughout the day as well did you did you get a go ahead okay did did you get the quote keto flu um or did you work through that and then many people i know that that stay in ketosis for a prolonged period of time actually arrive at a feeling of increased energy and increased mental clarity and that type of stuff did you experience either the flu or eventually the positive aspects of that I never had the flu. Um, you and I at work have discussed the first, I don't know, month, maybe two months. I really noticed a, a, a marked difference in my just my bowel movements was the biggest thing. Um, and then after about two months, like that's gone. Like I've had to really increase my fiber and my water intake, just because with with keto and low carb, you're not really eating a whole lot of fiber. Um, but ever since that, it's, it's been, it's been okay. Prior to switching that up, I didn't really have a, a very regular or healthy regimen either. So it was a, it was a big adjustment for me on that front. Um, as far as the flu goes, like I said, I never experienced anything like that. The first time I tried keto a few years ago with a colleague of yours, Dr. Raja, that did not go well. That was certainly, I, I would say I had the flu there. And then at that point, because I wasn't doing anything guided, I wasn't doing it the right way. Um, I think a lot of people, they hear keto or Atkins and they, they think, that, oh, I can just eat all the meats I want. And that was 
my cholesterol at that point was at a level that my doctor said, either you need to stop doing this or you, we're going to put you on some kind of medication for your cholesterol. This time around, I haven't had that issue. My levels, everything is completely within normal limits. My A1C is back down to not even pre-diabetic levels. I'm at a normal A1C at 5.1. Wow. My cholesterol is all is, is good. Total um, LDL, HDL, everything is good. My triglycerides, even which I I've been on triglyceride medications for about three years, um, is is normal level. Um, with my MS, uh, the only lab that was outside of the normal range of my last visit four months ago, five months ago, was my vitamin D level. It at one point got down to eight, and with my neurologist, they wanted up around eighty or ninety, just because it's a really neuroprotective um, vitamin. Yeah, and I've been struggling. I was taking, I think, anywhere from one hundred to one hundred and twenty units a week. I think ninety a day, something like that. I I don't yeah. remember exactly, but it, it it went from sixty after two years to 135 in six months. So they, they called me and said, absolutely stop taking that. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. Um, and, and talk about your weight parameters, kind of how this has gone over the course of the last year uh, from the start, from the time you started, you know, what was your initial goal? What are your goals now? Talk about that a little bit, if you would. So my initial goal actually wasn't weight related. Um, it was, First and foremost, my, my A1C and getting diabetes under control. Um, and I think that kind of took a little bit of stress and, and, and weight off my shoulders, not having to worry about that. But at the same time, as it's going along, people are noticing and they're, they're telling me that like you yourself or, or nurses that we work with, doctors that we work with at the VA, like, wow, you really notice it. And I, I wasn't even stepping on a scale. Um, thankfully I have all my stuff through my, uh, was it the, the healthy vet at the VA there? So it's, it's noted what my weight was back in January 19th. I stepped on the scale a few months later and I'm down 30 pounds. So holy moly. Um, so at that point I started looking at it. I was like, well, I'd like to get down to 250. Wasn't looking at, you know, oh, I want to lose X number of weight, but 250 was a good weight for me when I was in the military. Let's let's shoot for that. So I gave myself until the end of the year to get it. Well, I hit that goal back in January, uh, July. So then I was like, well, let's keep going. Let's go to 225. I hit that goal a couple months ago. And now my goal is 200. Now I'm, I'm really not pushing myself as aggressively to hit that as I was. One, because the last time I got down to 200 pounds, I was in the military and I... It, was not a healthy weight for me at the time. And I've come to realize I was a lot leaner back then, 15 years ago. So 200 back then is not going to be the same as 200 now. Um, but I've also started going to the gym uh, and working out, lifting weights. And I'm not running, but I am walking on the treadmill or doing um, low-impact exercises like the elliptical. And what again was the high, highest you ever were, and what was it last January? The highest I've ever been was three sixty, um, and last and like I said, for the last two years, three years now, I was fluctuating between three forty and three sixty. 
pretty consistently. Um, January 19th of last year, I weighed 344.8, so three, 345 pounds. And and now you're in the, what is it, 325 range or so? Is that or correct? 225. Or 225, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. And this morning, 220. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, so let, me that, you, let me ask you both of you guys, because I don't know what happens. When you finally reach that goal of 220, how do you stop? How do you stop going down? How do you, what, what do you do to kind of level out and say, okay, this is what life's going to be like now? Uh, or does it just keep on going down because you're still doing the same things? It's, if I didn't do anything different right now, I think I would probably keep losing. I, I mean, I haven't done anything different. Um, I am Dr. Kolodzik and I have, have talked about it at work. I was asking him for pointers and, and tips on how to, uh, I want to start transitioning away from keto and going more towards a, just a, like a diabetic or a low carb diet. So like, I don't know, I think it was like four or five months ago I switched. So I've been doing 25 grams of net carbs a day, um, Four or five months ago, I switched to allow myself 30. Now, for the last two months, I've been at 35. I'm doing it slowly because I also don't want to shock my system um, and, and start retaining water, start gaining weight, um, putting myself through another keto flu or anything like that, like I, I before another gastric or GI issues. But right. um, here on I think Monday was the deadline. So for the new year, I'm going to up it to 40. But, and that's just a guideline. So like for this week for my meal preps, I've been allowing myself 35 grams of net carbs a day. Today in the last three days for my meal plans, I've only hit 24. Well, how, um, how do you do uh, – what question I have, because I've done these podcasts with Dr. Kolosik and we've talked a lot. I never know how you can tell what 30 grams of carbohydrate is. How do you know what 30 grams is? I have a food label. Yeah, okay. And it's, with my own patients at, at the hospital, you know, you sit there from the outside, and you're like, how do you not know how to read that? But having to actually go in-depth and weighing everything out, you're like, man, my eyes do not look at a tablespoon the same way an actual tablespoon is. <laughs> Uh, one of my biggest pieces of equipment that I would recommend getting isn't any weights, isn't isn't card. It's it's a food scale. The eyeballing something like take peanut butter for example, There's regular peanut butter, two tablespoons is a serving. You you think you're like, oh, that's that's you no. Know, you probably just ate is probably two servings, maybe three. And when you're talking two hundred and ten calories per serving, that's a big difference. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, I emphasize this with all our patients. You, you got to know how many carbs you're getting. I mean, you can't kind of eyeball it. You can't think you're getting 35 carbs and you're really getting 75 carbs. So it's one, you know, I don't have them count calories, um, but I ask them to be meticulous about counting their carbs. And, you know, Jason, you're at some pretty low levels there. Would you describe that as, uh, as difficult? Was it hard? I, I've had, some of my patients that have gone low carb, uh, even keto, say, you know, that have been on other diets, say, 
literally say this is one of the easiest diets I've ever been on while they're achieving results. So what about the difficulty of that process early on and then subsequently? Early on, it was extremely difficult, just um, not necessarily the, the, the low carb, but the, the portion control um, and looking at it. But I had a lot going for me, pushing me to it. Like one, like I said, I was disgusted with myself, just looking at myself. I had avoided the mirror for, for six months after that. Didn't want to see myself. I, 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 I just, I was... I hate to use the word again, but disgusted. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> In terms of the difficulty. Yes. Uh, it, it was pretty difficult. Using the app that I use, though, I, I've shared that with you. They have really good recipes, so I've been doing it for a year and looking through everything. Um, I do have to cut down the fat a little bit. I, I uh, my stomach can't tolerate the, what they want me to do, but they're all fairly good. I think in the last year, going through hundreds and hundreds of different recipes with them, I, I've run across maybe eight or nine that I, I wouldn't do again. But I'm how do you, how, not, what do you do when you go out to eat? How, how do you handle that? Uh, well, like, uh, what is today? Friday, so... On Wednesday, my wife and I actually just went out. Um, I tell her in advance, you got to let me know where we're going so I can look up a menu. Okay. Uh, we just went to Cheesecake Factory, which I've been to before. So I. There's some irony there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> I didn't get anything. Um, but we had a gift card there. It's it's whatever she she got what she wanted. But I've, we've done this before. I didn't eat any of my snacks for that day. Uh, we were so busy at work. I didn't even get to eat all of my breakfast. So I, I did a little quick mental calculation, and um, instead of eating what I had for dinner, I had a small Caesar salad without chicken and no croutons, and I got their appetizer of chicken wings, which is well within my calorie limit at that point and there's uh well within my uh, carbohydrate limit for the day as well so i didn't cheat at all on my diet and i still got to go out and enjoy myself and and have a good time with my wife right. and, and you so you've just kind of alluded to that uh, well, tell me about the family support there um you know you got two kids at home probably difficult to keep some food out of the house but it sounds like you had a family that was very supportive of this extremely supportive my kids are too young to to really know what's going on but my wife my in-laws my family they've all really chimed in and helped out um one of the biggest struggles i've had is because i have two small kids keeping snack foods out and it is been a real temptation and sometimes you just i have not given into that but i have found substitutes or alternatives so if my kids want some chocolate you know and i'm like man that sounds really good i've got some big chocolate chips up there and, uh, and i told you this the other day at work i'll weigh out a single serving of sugar-free chocolate chips which is only um, 30, 40 different chips, but I do them one at a time and let them kind of melt in my mouth instead of chalking the whole thing in my mouth and chewing them up. And that right. keeps me for a while. Or, you know, kids want chips, so 
actually, I'm really blessed. My kids like pork rinds, so I can eat them with them or pickles. Especially my daughter's really big into pickles, and there's virtually no calories, no carbs to those. So, so hey, uh, Doc, I, let me ask you a question because we're coming to the tail end of this thing. What, what okay. are the key key messages we should get from Jason's conversation here? Well, I think the first one is there's hope, you know, for people. You know, you're you're 100 pounds overweight, 120 pounds overweight. You, you know, there is hope there. You know, Jason, um, I, I think uh, has a lot of discipline and was able to guide himself through this. Um, independently, uh, though his story is not that different than many of the patients we have in the practice. We're just really providing that guidance related to low carb or keto. We layer in some intermittent fasting. Um, and then, uh, um, you, you know, I suggest some weight strength training for people because as you build that muscle mass, it helps decrease insulin resistance as well. Uh, but, but the story really is there, there there's hope. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I'm doing this practice after working in the emergency department for 30 years is, is that people's lives change. I mean, Jason has changed his life. I get to be a part of that with a number of our patients. Um, I, I got to say, Jason, I haven't had anybody yet lose 110 pounds, but, you know, I've had a number lose more than 50 pounds and very common for people to lose 30 or 40 pounds. Um, the, the piece of background here that I think Jason and I can both appreciate is um, working in the emergency department gives you a perspective on uh, be, being able to, if you choose to, you, you know, control your future. Uh, um, and, and Jason is a perfect example of that. But we just see a lot of patients in which uh, high blood sugars, diabetes, obesity are a big problem. You know, some, some of the patients at the VA, especially, you know, we see a lot of nicotine abuse and some drug abuse, but you know, I don't want to oversimplify this, but, but I think, and I don't know what you think, Jason, but I think, you know, 40, 50% of the chronic health issues we see are associated with high blood sugar and obesity, you know, and, and that kind of, um, you, you know, continues down to all the vascular issues associated with that, you know, the peripheral vascular disease we see and the, you know, extremity ulcers and the congestive heart failure and the acute strokes and, and, and the heart attacks or the diabetic emergencies. Uh, you know, one thing I tell my patients, if we just focus on keeping your blood glucose low, which will help you lose weight and, and then support you along your journey for weight loss. Uh, you, you know, you're going to be able the term I use is you're going to be able to stay out of my emergency department. <laughs> and they say, that's fine, doc. I don't want to see you in your emergency department. Well, okay. It seems like we've come to the end of this one podcast. Jason, I want to thank you very much for joining us and telling us your story. Dr. Paul, uh, uh, as usual, it's always great to hear your voice and the, your wisdom that comes across. Uh, this has been Terry O'Brien for another episode of the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolodzik. Thank you, guys. Dr. Paul Kolodzik. Please join us again for the next episode to hear how your metabolic health means everything and to learn tips on how to lose weight and possibly reverse some serious health conditions. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical professional. 